Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday Thursday morning. Thanks yep. for joining us. It took me a second. Uh, thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially <clears throat> our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if uh, Brupolo was in Shady Grove. Yes, that would actually be kind of cool, I think. Shady Grove is a very cool shady? name. Oh, okay. I was shady, it was a shady it's town. like Sleepy Hollow. Are you expecting supernatural things to happen if you're in Shady Grove? Yeah. You know, the the fog is always set in the area. You know, it's always... There's never really sunshine. Mm-hmm. It's always shady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, a little gloomy. Vampire friendly. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Exactly. Okay, okay. Shady Grove. You need some coffee there. <laughs> You need to stay up all night and watch out for the, for the vampires. <laughs> for the headless horsemen. Exactly. Apparently. Well, wherever you are in our great state, get Strange Brew Coffee delivered right to your house. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it for delivery. They'll ship it right to you. Whatever kind of coffee machine sitting on the front counter, they got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. They've got the best logos, the best brands. And they've got a great, great selection, not only just for clothes, but for tailgating gear, for stuff for the car, uh, stuff for your home. They've got it all. So anything maroon and white, you want to check out College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridge and by Fleet Feet, followed by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler. Nothing changed from yesterday, so they are still the best restaurant in the city of Starkville. So congrats to them. They've held that title for going on a long time. I don't know how long they've been open. How long has Bristol Tyler been open? It's got to be like ten years at oh, least. Oh, it's longer 15? than that. Oh, it's longer than that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's late two thousands. Yeah, I want to say I want to say they were open when I moved back here in 06. They used to be Calvizi's favorite place. Oh so yeah, I'm sure it still is in City Store. I don't know. Does Calvizi still exist? I don't know. He does. Okay. Yeah. Um, Marcelo loves Restaurant Tyler as well. It's a Claire and Ledger staple, apparently. And yet, Steph, we had to take him there for the first time. Nobody told him. And then pass I it down. I think he the likes chain. it as well. Okay, good for him. Good for him. Well, if it's good enough for the Clarion Ledger, I guess it's good enough for everybody. Actually, that feels like it's a little backwards. Yeah, it's, it's too good for 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 the Clarion Ledger. But That's regardless of all that, regardless of all that, we still love you, Steph. Regardless of all that, next time you're in the mood for a great lunch, great dinner, great brunch, you head to Restaurant Tyler. Priority One Bank, 16 locations throughout Central Mississippi. They are the bank of the people in Central Mississippi. Check them out online, PriorityOneBank.com. Find out which location is nearest you and develop a relationship with those guys there so that when you need to talk to someone about a loan, you're talking to somebody you know 
and have, have been dealing with prior to that. We always talk about buy local, shop local, eat local. You want to bank local too. PriorityOneBank.com. Priority One Bank. Let them let Priority One Bank make you their priority. You say priority a lot in that read. A lot of priorities. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Mississippi State basketball, their priority today is a win. Uh, simple as that. They don't care how it happens. They don't care what the score line is. They don't care how ugly or how pretty it looks at the end of it. They want to be playing basketball in Nashville on Friday. Tip-off is just, depending on when you're listening, a few hours from now probably, 11 a.m. tip uh, in Nashville against the Florida Gators. It's a Florida team, obviously, that came to Mississippi State uh, back in uh, in late January, I believe, or, or early February. I don't remember the exact date. But got a two-point win over the Bulldogs. It was right before that stretch where they started winning. You're, you're, I think you're exactly correct. Let me, let me have a look at the schedule to be sure about that. But there was another one of those games, Robbie, where you know State just didn't do enough of the little things uh, to, to, to get the win. And, and, yeah, you're right. The game was on January 21st. The next game they played was at Alabama, where they nearly upset the number, at that time, number one team in the nation. And then they went on the winning streak after that. When you look at this box score, I mean, what's going to stand out to you right off the bat is Mississippi State's free throw shooting. They were, uh, I'm sorry, never mind. There was only 7 of 11 in that game. Of course, they missed four and they, they lost by two. Four of 17 from three point range. Pretty typical at that point. This was a game for Tolu Smith, though, where he was just off of his game. Uh, he, he had a double double, 12 and 11, but he was 5 of 15 from the floor. And we all remember that he was benched late in that game for, uh, for Will McNair, who had a good game himself, 10 points and six rebounds. And that was sort of the, the game where it sort of turned for Tolu. So that helps me. That well, it doesn't help me. It makes me think that maybe there'll be some motivation for Tolu. Like this is the guys that you know I played so poorly against. I need to have a bounce back game. And good news for Mississippi State: Colin Castleton, who had a, a big game for the Gators in that one, he had 13 points to lead them. Uh, not playing in this game, injured. So kind of a similar situation that State faced on Saturday against Vanderbilt. They're missing their best player, who happens to be in the post. So it's going to be, you know, you expect Tolu Smith to have a big game. It's going to be on the other guys around him. And State just can't play defense the way they played Saturday night. 77 points. State's never going to win a game like that. No, and they in the first half, too, was bad. You know, they got off to that bad start. They got down by, like, 12, 15 points, whatever it was. And they were playing uphill the rest of the way. Second half, they really kind of controlled that half. There were two big moments in that half, I thought, by Florida when State was making progress. They hit these crazy three-pointers that really shouldn't have happened like late in the shot clock that stopped that run that Mississippi State was having, and they just had enough distance to uh, to win that ball game. State had a chance to tie it, I think, in the final possession and miss a shot around the rim. But State really controlled that game from late in the first half to the rest of the ball game. They just could never really could get over the hump. Finish it, yeah. And... and that was, like you said, really the turning point for Tolu Smith. Mm-hmm. It really sparked something in him because he was not playing well. And we started to wonder, you know, is Will McNair going to take over his spot? Because Will was playing better than Tolu at that point. He was. And since then, Tolu has been the Tolu that we expected him to be. Um, he hasn't always been great at the free throw line since then, but he's kind of been that consistent force for you in the post. You've been – feeding him regularly, and he's been finishing and getting you big nights. And Saturday was quite possibly 
one of the best games he's ever played mm-hmm. against Vanderbilt. And that was with getting hammered on every possession down the floor. I mean, he got fouled every single time down the floor. And he fought through that and had a really good game. Ended up winning the Howell Trophy, first-team All-SEC. So, uh, you know, I don't know if if a first-team All-SEC bid comes for him if he doesn't have that moment against Florida. Because he wasn't playing well anyway. And I think that, you know, Chris Jans, a, a coach, a really good coach can – can see what they have to do to get a kid motivated. And some kids, you got to motivate differently than others. For him, he knew that he could be tough on Tolu in that situation. He knew he could sit him down and say, this is what happens when you struggle. Somebody else is going to get your minutes. You're going to have to get it together. And from that point on, Tolu became the guy that that we all thought he could be. And I think that's going to be a major factor in tomorrow's ballgame, or today's ballgame, Without Colin Castleton, this is a game where State has got to attack with Tolu Smith, a lot like they did against Vanderbilt without Liam Robbins. Um, I, I think that this is a game that he can have a, a huge ball game. And then, you know, State's going to have to hit some some shots as well. I mean, the three-point shooting right now is just a massive issue for Mississippi State and what's separating them from being really a top-25 team. If they had a three, if they had just competent three point shooting, if they had decent three point shooting, this is a top twenty team. I mean, they really are, and um, they've they've left some games out to dry. Four for seventeen, you mentioned in this game, a game that they lost by four points or whatever it was. Two, two points. Yeah, that's One right. Because they, they had a chance to tie. Yeah. Um, DJ Jeffries had, had a shot to to tie the ball game. You make one three-point, one more three-point. If you shoot five for 17. Which still isn't good. No. It's just like the Auburn game. If you shot three for 18 against Auburn, you win that win game. game. Um, that, that's the difference right now for Mississippi State between being firmly in the field as you know, and working on seeding here to being on the bubble. And this is a game that you have to win. And it's, it's worrisome in that regard that so much is being put on this game now, just like it was against Vanderbilt. That does worry me a little bit because Mississippi State's had those games before where, you know, you have to win this game to get in or, or, or something like that. And, you know, the the longtime Mississippi State basketball observer in me says that that's a negative thing for Mississippi State. But I think that this team is playing with a different kind of edge about about them. And they know the, the stakes. They know that they know what's on the line here. And uh, it's a game that I think is very winnable for them. I don't think that Florida is a great team. And without Colin Castleton, that, that's definitely a hit. Uh, but they have some some shooters as well, and that they're, they they can win this ball game. So I, I think if State plays their their game, if they you know don't come out and get in a hole like they did in Starville, I think that this, this team should win this game. The guy to watch for the Gators is uh, a familiar name to Mississippi State fans, Riley Kugel, who was committed to Mississippi State and ended up getting out of his letter of intent when Ben Howland was fired. You know, prior to uh, a few weeks ago, really wasn't doing a whole lot this season as a Florida Gator. Had eight points in the game against Mississippi State. You might remember, though, he hit a crazy uh, nearly half-court three-pointer where State had some momentum and looked like they were about to get a stop. That was one of those shots I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. They had two of them. Yeah, but since their game against Kentucky on the fourth, they've played. I, I look at this like eight games here. Let's go through them. Against Alabama, fifteen points. Eighteen against Vandy. Twelve against Ole Miss. Seventeen against Arkansas. Twenty-four against Kentucky. Twenty against Vandy. Nineteen against Georgia, and then twenty-one 
in the season finale against LSU. So he has really come on here in the final month of his freshman uh, season uh, at Florida, and he is going to be the guy that I'm, I'm either Jeffries, Matthews, whoever it is, is going to have to be tasked with stopping because that with Castleton out, especially, he's going to have the Gators are going to look for this guy to carry them. How, how many do you have against State? Eight. Eight. So, I mean, he didn't really do a whole didn't lot. Didn't do that, a lot. He just and that was just all luck. That yeah, I mean, that's, that, that was just a shot. He, he heaved it up and it went in. But he he is a talented player and can score in bunches, and um, that's that's definitely going to be the guy to to stop on Thursday. And you know, Chris Jans knows that. I thought they thought State did a really good job on him. Um, and that the shot that he made, State defended. That's what was so yeah. frustrating about it. Well, it was a, it was a, you know one second left on the shot clock. He just yeah. heaved it up. Yeah. And that was a moment where the crowd was into it. You know, mm-hmm. State had really cut into the lead um, and had all the momentum until that happens. And that just takes the air out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, plays like that are plays that, that uh, Kugel can make. And another frustrating thing is, like, you look at that, and if you had him right now on this team, I mean, that's kind of the difference for you. But um, what? Oh, um, but yeah, like I, I don't know if there's a ton of guys like that on on Florida's team right now. I just don't know if they they quite have the roster. So state, like with the defensive game plan that state has, if state plays its defensive game and executes on the offensive end, that should be good. And they then you be. start talking about like if you win that game, Alabama's not playing well right now. I mean, I hate to look ahead. Oh, don't do it. Don't but, do that. I'm just saying. Don't do it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying don't do it. Don't I don't, do I don't want to get ahead of myself here because, you know, I feel like we got ahead of ourselves with uh, the women. That we didn't did? Work out, that didn't work out well. So you, we you never know in the SEC tournament. No, you don't, for sure. But State needs to win this one. I mean, I, I know that they're still projected in right now, and a lot of people are projecting them in, in even with a loss. But I just do not feel confident that they're going to get in. I don't feel confident the committee's going to put them in if they lose this game. And and you don't want to be in that spot either with all these potential bid stealers and uh, the teams on the bubble that could win. I mean, you you need to take care of your business. But if if they don't get in after winning against Florida, and you've got nine wins over SEC teams, you've got twenty one wins overall. You're going to have a net in the like. Low forties, probably mm-hmm. at that point. I, I don't, I don't know what else they would have had to do to get in. And like, I just, I, I know that it's still, you know, a committee and it's still humans making the decision, uh, and, and it's kind of in their hands. But it, it wouldn't make sense to me if they didn't get in at that point. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think a win takes care of everything for Mississippi State, and you can move forward from there, and then you can sort of play with some house money against Alabama. Uh, on Friday, but a loss, and you will be sweating all up until the the selection show starts on, on Sunday. So we'll see how that that pans out for the Bulldogs. You want to make a prediction? Yeah, I'm going with I'm going with State okay. in this one. I think State wins this. I don't know, sixty sixty seven to sixty. Okay, that would be a good win for the Bulldogs. Yeah, uh, I think State. I think State wins. They certainly have more to play for. Uh, you know, Tolu Smith should have a big game, and I think you know I don't expect State to have two bad games back to back defensively. Yeah. So I think maybe a little and that was into. I mean, Vanderbilt at third place. How many times have we seen that? Yeah, I'm thinking something like sixty-one, fifty-seven, something like that. Bulldogs win. 
That works. Uh, let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it is what's for dinner. This weekend, if you're able to fire up the grill, fire it up with some beef. Put some steaks on the grill. Put a tri-tip, a picanha, uh, or you go go big big with it. And then, you know, get the, uh, I was going to say whole hog, but it doesn't really make sense when we're talking about beef. We got you know, Whole cow doesn't work either, though. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do there. But regardless of that, hopefully this weekend you, you fire up the grill and we're talking about some great steaks, some great beef products. Beef products for your family. Check them out at your grocery stores. Talk to your butchers, man. They always got great cuts laying around. Our butcher shop here in Starkville, you can always go in there, grab a tri-chip, grab tri-tip, grab a picanha. By the way, tri-tip, I just want to point out once again that no one told me anything about it. I, I knew all about tri-tip. You do that from the start. From the start of my life. No one has ever given me any information on that subject. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two brothers smoked mitts. Meats. Smoked mitts. Smoked mitts. <laughs> That's what MSU's uh, fielding percentage could be referred to as. Yikes. The smoked mitts. They're getting better. Well, they got better. Yeah. Uh, Robbie and I are about uh, 40 minutes away from uh, dining there as we are recording this podcast. So I'm, I'm very much... Uh, looking forward to that. And looking forward to seeing you at Two Brothers the next time you are there. This weekend, if you're here for baseball or anytime you're in Starville, you know you're going to make the trip over to the Cotton District to grab some smoked wings, grab some tacos, to grab that prime rib sandwich. Whatever it is you're going to eat, it's going to be delicious, and you're going to have a great time every time at Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you, but Advantage Business Systems, they like to deliver it to you, and they have been for a long, long time, 40 Eight years. I mean, think about how long 48 years is. That's a lot. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. When you need office supplies, when you need, uh, not office supplies, you need office technology, you call Advantage Business Systems. And then when you need service, you get to call the same people. You're not talking to an overseas call center. You're not talking to a, uh, you know, a, 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 a consultant from out of state who may or may not be able to uh, get up with you this week. We'll see how that goes. No, no, no. You talk to somebody in the state of Mississippi that you know and have known and have that relationship with. That's the difference that dealing with Advantage Business Systems makes. So call them today, 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, that's what you need to be checking out. You know, I'm just saying it's only like you know 90-plus shopping days till Father's Day. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. Just want to get, go and give everybody a heads up. You know, no soap on the rope this year. We're gonna get, we're gonna get dad. You know what? Though? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Is all, Rob. You give me a look that like it's a little early for Father's Day. No, I mean you. It's, you should always be we thinking should, ahead. We, we should. You know, you should. You should take care of dad and do it with a pullover or a polo from the Collegiate Collection. Great name brands, the logos you want, and the quality and assurance you have from dealing with one of the South's best men's clothing stores, the Rogue. They've been in business a long, long time. How do they do it? They have the best products and the best service. Feels like a theme, doesn't it? So check them out today. The Rogue in Jackson. Look at therogue.com. Shop the Collegiate Collection. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. We told you about it yesterday. Luva Wine Room, 509 University Drive, right next to Dolce. This is a place to go in Starkville that I think I, I feel very confident having been there and checked it out. And, and and the location, everything else. Robbie, I'll be... If this place isn't a huge hit, I'm going to be really, really surprised. 
I mean, it's just it's just a fantastic location, and it's offering you something Starville didn't really have. Uh, you know, a, a a big time place for wine, for craft cocktails, and great food as well. So, something that Starville was maybe lacking a little bit. Now they've got it at Luva at five oh nine University Drive. Open Wednesday through Fridays at five, Saturdays at four. If you need to make a reservation, message them on Facebook or on Instagram at Luva Wine Room. Stop by to see what others have already discovered. Luva Wine Room. You were at spring practice yesterday, the start of the football season. Yes. How, how did that feel? A lot of curse words, <laughs> a lot of yelling. With Arnett? Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? Man, it was, it was intense out there. It was really intense. <clears throat> I, I feel like that's going to be a thing yeah. under, under, under Zach Arnett. Yeah. So – Obviously, when people are going to ask you, they're going to say, "Let's start it on the offense," mm-hmm. and and what you saw out there. You know, what was it interesting watching them practice? You're thinking they're, they're going to look totally different. Yeah, it was it was very strange to see. You know, tighter splits in the line, run the football a little bit more. You had the tight ends. It was just weird, but it was a it was a good kind of weird. Like it was, it felt normal again. It felt like watching an offense. That we've seen before. Yeah. Um, it's and in our I, comfort zone. Shall we yeah. Say. And, um, you know, that offense was causing some issues for the defense. That's where a lot of the curse words were being thrown at by from Matt Brock and, and Zach Arnett because the defense was uh, kind of struggling with some of the concepts there. One of the things I thought was very interesting, I asked Will Rogers yesterday just about, you know, the preparation, kind of where they are in the offense and all that. And, They've already installed this offense. They had eight uh, OTAs, I think. Mm. So they were able to come in and kind of work on the offense already, and they've already kind of installed the basics of it. It wasn't one of those deals where, you know, a lot of times like you wait a few weeks before you start installing. They already know exactly what they're doing. And, you know, Will talked about, you know, there's a lot of information to retain. There's a lot – there's you, you come out in the, in the uh, air raid and it's – Mostly the same formation every time. You might have some two-back sets. You might have some uh, guys pulled in a little tighter. But there's a lot of different formations with this. Um, and I think that that's, that's going to be the biggest uh, transition for this team. But the offensive line looked comfortable out there. Uh, Cole Smith running at center mm-hmm. uh, instead of guard uh, like he was. We saw, I think... Dollar Bill was at right tackle, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Mistaken, Percy Lewis was at left tackle. Okay, so um, it was. Do you, do you recall the starting line, left to right? Uh, I yep. believe Stephen Lasoya was in there at guard, and mm-hmm. Nick Jones at guard. Okay, I think so. Cam was, Jones not in there. Cam Jones is hurt. Okay, okay, yeah, it makes more. Remember, sense. he got hurt in the in the that's egg bowl. That's right. That's right. So that's that's what he's dealing with right now. Okay, he'll be in there at some point, and then you'll. I don't know what happens. You get then. some real depth there. Yeah, you do. You, you got six or seven guys that you feel like can go out there and play you know, yeah. right away. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I'm I'm really interested in this offense. You'd be happy to know that that Tulu is at slot. They ran a reverse with him yesterday. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. That is exciting. Um, so it was a it was a, a fun first practice there there's a there's not a whole lot you can take away from the first practice especially the first few practices when everybody's just in, in shorts and a jersey but um it was interesting what you know you talked to will rogers after practice yesterday what what did you think about what he had to say 
very confident. Um, uh, you know, he it, he mentioned like the last time he had a tight end was in high school. He ran under he ran under center like one or two times in high school with Brandon, and that was the last time he ran under center. They actually had some plays under center. So, um, I, you know, he seems to be very confident in this offense, very comfortable in what he's doing, and I, I continue to believe that he'll be just fine. I, you know, I think he can run this offense just fine. Uh, he was joking around uh, when, when asked about Mike Wright and his running ability, and he joked, like, you think I can't run? You know, we laughed about that one. <laughs> um, uh, and he was like, no, I'm, you know, I know I can't. But uh, – <laughs> That, but that, you know, it was it was a veteran quarterback. I mean, that that's the vibe that I got. And by the way, Mike Wright is kind of a marvel to watch out there when he gets out in the open field. And he was, you know, very confident guy. You know, one time he 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 broke through the defense. Nobody touched him, and he and he uh, ran back over to the defense. And said, "Y'all ain't seen nothing like that, have you?" <laughs> they hadn't had, they hadn't had a guy running around like that in a no, long time. No, no. So. Um, uh, you've got to get him on the field. I mean, he's just that's what I was going to add. Dynamic. You, you know, did you see him anywhere but quarterback yesterday? No, they were just running. You know, they were running in and out at quarterback. I mean, I'm sure that's something that they that they'll probably use at some point. But for now, you know, he was just running there. You know, second team quarterback running behind Will, and he looks really, really uh, confident when he gets out of the pocket. And that's he's going to be a tough guy to corral. If you get him in the open field somewhere, yeah, I agree. So, one day down, uh, practice resumes today. As you're listening on Thursday, uh, and then I think they take a break for spring break, and then get back at it uh, after that. So, and then building towards that April 15th uh, spring game, actual game. Looking forward to that this year uh, at Davis Wade Stadium. Let's talk some baseball before we get out of here, because. Chris Lamont has told us on Monday on Sports Talk Mississippi that you know he talked about changes, maybe seeing some new faces in the lineup. You saw the first of that Tuesday night uh, at Duty Noble where David Marchand took over for Slade Offord. I mean, honestly, Robbie, there, there's no defending. I'm sure Slade Offord's a good kid. I'm sure he is. But there's no defending him. All right, He's yeah. hitting 230, and he's fielding 760. 760 is a fielding percentage that should not exist. Yeah. All right? I mean, I feel like you could put like an average person in off the street – and field 760. So David Marchand gets a start. And sort of the same thing we saw with Ross Highfield when, you know, they, they, they put him in for Hancock that first week and he immediately hits. He's getting on base and then you don't have any errors. I mean, Robbie, I just go ahead and tell you right now, they're probably going to give Marchand another start Friday, you would think. And then it, it's going to be really tough, tough for Slate Offer to get back into the lineup, I think. Yeah. Assuming Marchand continues to hit. Well, this is a guy that I've been talking about. You Before have. even season started, yeah, yeah. that it was going to be tough to keep him off the field. Uh, I wasn't sure if that was going to be shortstop. It turns out Lane Forsyth has really become a valuable part of this lineup, and it's, and you're not going to be able to keep him off the field right now. So Slate Offord's kind of a hole in that lineup right now. He wasn't hitting very well. He definitely wasn't fielding well. And now you have an opportunity where this, this young guy that's kind of a dirtbag player – uh, he's given you some some Pete Young vibes. He's given you some Ryan Gridley, Jake Mangum vibes early on. I mean, smart, confident kid that does all the little things. I mean, I, th- I think back at that bunt, and I, I asked Chris about that last night, if that was really like kind of a momentum-shifting play. Mm-hmm. It just loaded the bases. 
But it felt like the atmosphere changed a little bit when that happened. You know, because they, they kept getting, like, two guys on with, with no outs, two guys on with one out, and they couldn't do anything with it. Well, that kind of shifted things. It put all the pressure on Valparaiso at that point and laid down a perfect bunt, beat it out. You score a couple of runs. Then he had the play at third base where he's legging it out to get to third, beats that throw, and be, and uh, gets there, gets in there safe. You know, he just he feels like a different kind of guy in that lineup. And he can mash a little bit too, but he's going to be more of your like more of a small ball type player than, you know, some of the mashers like Hunter Hines and and guys like that. And I think you need guys like that in the lineup. I think Bryce Chance and David Mershon need to be in this lineup. They they give you a little bit different look than some of those other guys and they play the game differently. I mean, they're just they're dirt bag players. That's I mean, a player that's gonna that's gonna get. Some, I love a their uniform where dirt. dirt bag is a, is a compliment. Yeah, but it is. It one hundred percent is. I mean, Long Beach State's nickname is the dirt. They bag. are the dirt bags. But yeah, so, th- this is a you know this guy gives me those same vibes that I got from Jake Mangum, from Ryan Gridley, mm-hmm. and from back in the past of Pete Young, guy like that. Mm-hmm. This is what those are guys that must be safe. Baseball has been built on staples. Yeah, that that is Mississippi State baseball, and they've been missing a little bit of that edge. They've been missing that guy that's just gonna kind of will something to happen. Uh, a Tanner Allen, I put Tanner Allen in that same uh, vein. This is that kind of guy. Is a guy that can kind of take over a ball game, can shift the momentum in a ball game. We've seen that so many times. You know, Chris Lamontis talks about the dude effect or whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, that's a player that's doing that. That's yeah. a player that kind of takes over the ball game yeah. and pushes you into a different direction. What do we think for the lineup? Are, are any more changes coming? I mean, Kellum Clark had a, had a good night last night. Hunter Hines uh, hit maybe the longest home run. <laughs> We've had two that of the was, longest home runs in Duty Noble history this season. I don't believe that distance, by the way. 443, I think is what it was. I don't believe it. No I think chance it was like, that's left. I think it was like uh, more like 480. Yeah. That thing was scored. It hit a car. It's it's always crazy to like when somebody hits one like that that kind of distance mm-hmm. to watch the ball just kind of float mm-hmm. like it's going into space mm-hmm. like that's that's how I felt I felt the same way watching that one last night mm-hmm. like I did with Nico Cavadas yeah it is. It's, it's similar I didn't similar get to hits. see Dakota Jordan's uh, a few weeks live, ago yeah. but that one was hit farther yeah than Hunter Hines and was out the straight center, yeah. which was even more impressive. Right. But Hunter's last night was just an but absolute that being said, rocket. Do we you know, what else can they do to tweak this lineup? I mean I think I feel like Highfield has to be behind the plate for the weekends. Yeah, I mean that it's a very difficult decision to make. And you know, Kellum Clark was kind of struggling. He had a good night. So it's it's really kind of difficult. Like I it's hard for me to take Hunter Hines out of the lineup when he can do the things that he did uh, last night. And it's kind of the same way with Kellum Clark. I mean, he hit a home run. He can If he ever gets a hold of one, it's it's going into orbit. Yeah. Like, it's tough to, to sit those guys. And then you're like, you know, people want like uh, Connor Hijack to get in there and Aaron Downs and, and people like that. It's just hard to find some of those guys' reps. And one of the things we talked about with Kellum Clark is, you know, it's not, you know, he's running out of time. And he's, and this is his third year here. It's either improve or you are what you are. Yeah. And it's it's not even in terms of games. I feel like it's in terms of at-bats. Like, you know, he may only have like eight or ten more at-bats before they finally say, look, this isn't working. 
we got to make a change there. So you have, basically, here's your situation. You have Hines, Highfield, Hancock, Clark, Chance. Yeah. Five guys, you got four spots. And Chance, like, we keep mentioning him as, as like, the guy that could be, could be the cutaway, mm-hmm. but he just keeps hitting. Like, it's, like... Can't take him out of the lineup. It's hard to take yeah. him out. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, he's a, I mean, he's versatile enough in the outfield. I mean, he can make plays for you out there. And right now he's moved all the way up the lineup and he's batting in a key spot. Yeah. So it's it's kind of difficult to say that he needs to come out of the ball game with the way that he's hitting right now. I I don't know. I don't envy Chris Simonis at all. I mean, I think that Ross Highfield needs to be in there, but I mean he hasn't been perfect behind the plate. I right. mean you haven't been that much better behind the plate, right? Than with Luke Hancock. And my biggest thing is I think Luke Hancock is your best option at first base. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't I don't think you from like, a defensive perspective. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you have to pull him out at catcher. Like I don't think he's been as bad as people like say he is. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he's not giving up a lot of pass balls or anything like that. Teams have run on him, but a lot of that has been on the pitcher too. The pitcher's been slow to the plate or or something like that. That hasn't all been Luke's fault. Mm-hmm. But teams have run on Ross Highfield too. I mean, he's still a freshman. Yeah, he's still kind of learning, and he's had a lot of pass balls. That some of those have been on the pitchers as well, in my opinion. But um, it's a difficult decision to make. I mean, Highfield's been coming in there and hitting too. So I think Hancock's got to be in the lineup every day. I disagree with a lot of people that that think he needs to be on the bench um, because he's he's coming through with some big at bats and big hits as well. He had two doubles on Tuesday night, um, and that's a guy that's important for you on the year. So I, it's it's a tough situation. No question about that. Let's look at this rotation this weekend. Talking to Chris Limonis, as I did on Monday. I get the impression Kate Smith not going to be available this weekend either, just just from talking to him. So, yeah. you think they just keep it the same with with Sanjay and Aintema and uh, and Gartman, or did Aintema's poor start on Saturday I mean maybe you want to get somebody else a look? Well, that's the that's the big question. I mean, I, who do you slide into that spot? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I mean, you're probably going to have Sanja again on Friday, mm-hmm. and then you're probably going to have Gartman on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Is, is is this Nate Dome time? That's a good question. I mean, I think it's worth a look. That's probably your your most solid rotation would, at this point. But I would only do it if I if Aaron Nixon is going to be back this week. Yeah, I got to have somebody in the back closer. end. So yeah. I, I may have to hold off on that. So um, if you're going to throw Nate Dome a good bit, it's kind of like we we've been saying like it's kind of like that that Landon Sims argument, right? If you're gonna throw him a lot, just you might as well throw him and get you a great start. Yeah. If he if he can give you a great start, lock up one of those days. Yeah, I agree. On the I, weekend, I definitely agree with that. Because there's just not enough. But at the same off- time, you want to have somebody on the back end. Yeah. You know, in case you need them, so maybe not this weekend so much, but looking ahead to next weekend when the conference play starts. Um, yeah, but this is kind of like your final weekend to kind of <laughs> tune some things up mm-hmm. here, and then you need to tune them. Yeah. They definitely need to be tuned. All right. Uh, tomorrow's show, we'll record after the game. So we'll either be saying Mississippi State good or Mississippi State bad. And we'll figure it out from there. Uh, probably a little bit more uh, football talk and some baseball talk. Obviously, we'll look ahead to this weekend. Uh, maybe they'll have announced the rotation by the time we get ready to air uh, tomorrow. You guys, have a great Thursday. And we'll be back with you on uh, Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.